1: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 7th. Matt is here with me. We are going to recap the Monday Night Football game, the blizzard and windstorm that it was for the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Uh, And then we will also preview the Thursday night game between the Steelers and... Vikings. um, Vikings. The Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers They're and the Minnesota Vikings. They, they, they really kind of are. Uh, so uh, this is uh, because we will not be doing a podcast tomorrow. So maybe next week we can catch up. I think we've got like two. I guess maybe it'll be three episodes of Yellowstone by then. And two episodes of Hawkeye. So just very interesting episode of Hawkeye. At least the last one we did not get a chance to talk about episode three. Yeah. So we'll get to do hopefully maybe three and... Yeah, we'll absolutely be able to do three and four because four comes out tomorrow. So, anyways, Matt, uh, before we jump into that, we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can find them at uh, hashtag TPPN. Uh, you can search that hashtag. We tag that as we go live, as do all the other podcasts that are part of this network. We've got everything from football, baseball, soccer, hockey wrestling we have got all of your sporting needs over at the pigskin podcast network so definitely make sure to check them out matt how are you doing on this terrific tuesday
2: well it was the first day back in the office in two weeks and um you know i you never realize how much you crave routine uh as w- when you're out of it so it's kind of nice to just be oh yeah i'm gonna get up at this time go in uh, you know it's always good to see everyone um uh, tell some stories i had a mountain of paperwork to overcome but back in the saddle
1: it's always the best right always the best coming back to work and having to get everything taken care of that you missed out on sometimes almost makes being off not worth it all right so uh let's uh, speaking of being off i feel like both teams would have preferred to take off last night and what was a a bad game uh for offense really I guess for the passing game the running game seemed to be just fine at least for the Patriots who win the game 14 to 10 the Patriots win Mac Jones only 3 passes does complete 2 of them though so i mean yeah. good on him good on him 66.7 completion percentage uh thoughts on the strategy though last night for the Patriots
2: well obviously you know if you're watching uh, everything going on the wind was Severely severely uh, whipping out there. So I think it was their goal um, to keep it on the ground. Uh, I, You know, I don't know how you felt. Early on, they scored that touchdown in the first quarter, and they went for two, and I was like, what a weird move. That really strategically ended up kind of driving the game because Buffalo – couldn't really play for the field goals to tie, even though they had similar opportunities. But I was impressed with how they were able to kind of dominate the line of scrimmage and run it right down their throat. Damian Harris looked great. Only 10 carries, 111 yards in the touchdown. They really rode Ramondre Stevenson. He was kind of pounding it in there. I thought he looked good. Um, And, you know, the strategy, they didn't really need to throw. Uh, Mac Jones made – good passes even the one that uh was incomplete was just a nice defensive play. Um it was just definitely a weird game. Made it go faster though as both two of us who have to get up early in the morning it's not too shabby to see a game kind of I think it was sub 3 hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was wrapping up. Uh I was that? it was like 9 9- 45 950ish when it was getting really close yeah. to the end of the game and I was like I'm not used to like a game being over this quickly like usually it's like 10 30 10 40 and I'm like all right like can, can we speed up these last couple minutes because you know I got to be up three o'clock in the morning so I mean it, it makes sense for for what they were doing uh, especially with the weather but also Buffalo is it... They were really, they've been really good on the ground for most of the season. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor kind of beat them up. That was his five or was it six touchdowns now at this point? I can't yeah. remember. But his five. big game, and, and it really seems like the Patriots wanted, I think they were going to attack him on the ground regardless of what the weather was. Typically, Bill Belichick has those game plans set in stone well ahead of time. I'm sure they didn't know the weather was going to be that bad. So, I think they were attacking Buffalo, what we perceive as a strength, and maybe it, it really quite isn't that. I mean, Damian Harris looked good, or Andre Stevenson. Harris, I think, pulled up, what was it, with a hamstring. Uh, so let's hope that he's okay uh, this week, but I mean, it, it was a great strategy. I mean, I don't think Mac Jones cares about it. It's just weird when you think about the fact that we're in the 21st century and there's a quarterback only threw three passes in a game. That's more of like the 1930s, 40s, 50s oh. kind of football. But it worked, and I mean, they got the win, and they're. The number one seed in the AFC, which is just insane.
2: I know, So that. Dennis was actually, I think he had thought they were going to be the number ones. He thought maybe like fourteen and three, which they end up not that far off of it. You yeah. could see them not losing again.
1: Yeah, it's 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 insane to think how close he was on that. I mean, I had him just. I think we both had him just missing the playoffs. I didn't have him in. I had him yeah. really just missing, but
2: whew, but. Part of it is you and I. I think both thought we were going to see quite a bit of Cam Newton, and yeah, having seen the way that he played even for Carolina, he's fun to watch. But he definitely is probably more prone to turnovers, which is something that you're just not seeing from Mac Jones, which has really been beneficial to them. But they're they're amazing on the road. Six and zero on the road so far. It's they're going to be a tough out whether they win the East and stay where they are or whether they end up being a wild card.
1: Well, I actually think, um, I actually think I picked Mac Jones to start the season. I just wasn't sure he was going to play this good because of the weapons around him. I just think, I did not think this offense was going to be that good. And so, I, I mean, you know, good good on them, good on Bill Belichick. I think he, you know, after one, you know, it's crazy. You usually don't hear of NFL Rebuilds taking ah here, and that's all it took for the Patriots was odd. Ah, what if it literally ends back. up
2: being New England versus Tom Brady in there's, the Super Bowl?
1: There's a lot of people saying that. You know what? As crazy as it is to admit this to, if that happened, I think I'd be rooting for Bill and the Patriots to get one and then just go right back and tie Brady again. Uh, that way, you know, it's one of those things where, like, then the I debate mean, that would ranges probably, on who's really the goat.
2: That would probably spur Brady to come back again because oh, I think sure he's would. been a little. Says he's been a little on the fence, but
1: yeah, yeah, I would. It would be amazing. I mean, I'd also hate to see it because I'm just really tired of the Patriots winning. But I mean, man, it would, it it would definitely drive a lot of people to watch that Super Bowl, wouldn't they? I mean, it really would. Drive That's the Patriots.
2: thing, though. The Patriots
1: feel like a different Patriots. Yeah. 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 Well. I think they've got a little bit more sympathy. I don't know, I shouldn't say sympathy. I think a lot of people are are not really believing in them because everybody thinks it was Brady. After the year he had last year with Tampa Bay taking him and winning a Super Bowl against the Chiefs of all teams. So I feel like a lot of people look at, it as, oh no, they definitely won their championships just because of Brady, it wasn't Bill. Uh and so I think if he were to take Mac Jones in and they win it, I think the the evil empire would be back and the hate would be strong in everybody yet again. The bills fall though here, Matt, uh, they are now barely hanging on to the seventh seed. What do they need to do to make the playoffs?
2: Yeah. And it's, you know, not a great week for them. They go on the road to Tampa Bay. I I don't know how you feel. It's a little early, but I, I picked Tampa Bay when I was doing my pick this morning. I don't think the bills are in a great position to win that game right now, the way they're tracking. Fortunately for them, They really have a soft closing stretch and with how bunched up the AFC is, that may benefit them because after this game uh, against Brady and uh, the Buccaneers, they are home for the Panthers who are kind of coming apart. Then they are on the road at the Patriots, which is going to be kind of a, a brutal test game. But then they finish home against the Falcons, home against the Jets. I think at worst they go three and two over that stretch and get to 10 wins which should be enough to keep them in the AFC. But going from where we thought they were going to be one of the dominant teams in the AFC, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. They don't look anything like that. Their defense has been okay, but not great. And their offense, they can't run the ball. They used three different guys last night. It didn't really happen. And they have not had the dominant passing game that they did last year. So they, there isn't anything they do exceptionally. It's hard to... To see them, unless they get really hot here these last five games, making a serious run. But there's still a chance if they can win that second New England game and kind of win out down there that they could get back in the running for the division crown. But I think they're, they last night's loss really hurt their position and put them pretty much more squarely in that wild card competition, which is a tough road to go on the road all the way. Um, you know, even as bunched up as the AFC has been winning three games on the road is not an easy task.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll say, I guess with the, with the Buccaneers game is their weakness is the pass on that defense where the strength is to run and Buffalo really doesn't have any kind of run game. So that might end up being a good game. I could see Buffalo pulling that off, but obviously if they lose that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's weird. Cause Everybody's so bunched up, but no even at the top, you know, we just talked about the Patriots being up there. There's a couple of what is it, eight and four teams or eight and five teams right behind There's, them yeah, like
2: three eight and four teams. Yeah, Every, I mean it's everyone's it's, sitting on four losses. At the end of this bye week, it's it's possible that uh, you have four teams all tied for the best record in the AFC, depending on what Baltimore, Kansas City, and Tennessee do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. I, I still think they're going to make it. I believe in them altogether, but I I really think the lack of a consistent running game is what's hurting them a lot, a lot like, you know, the, the Ravens with Lamar. I mean, they're getting it done, but not having someone they can rely on in the running game, I think is hurting them uh, in a major way. Obviously, the Ravens a little bit different. That's because of J.K. Dobbins getting hurt. The Bills just don't really have anybody to, to step up there. I, I'd be really surprised if they don't go running back in the draft uh, this year. But it, it's going to be, you know, the whole AFC, it's going to be fun to watch, see what happens down the stretch here for them.
2: Well, and their backfield's a disaster right now for fantasy because I thought it seemed like Matt Brito was sort of leaning toward being the guy. I don't know if it was that fumble exchange. I was sort of surprised they credited the fumble to Allen look like kind of breed a goof that but for whatever he didn't end up getting pretty much any carries after that they split between Singletary and moss but neither of them is doing much so that makes it the bills for such a talented offense have limited appealing lock options for fantasy yeah all right Well, we're about to turn the corner and look at week 14 of the NFL season. But football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. We didn't get it last night, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored, which is also good with games like last night. New customers who bet just $1 on NFL on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still bet get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests, and DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: All right. So we will jump in now and preview the Thursday night football game between the Steelers and the Vikings. Uh, the big thing with the Steelers, uh, Big Ben and Chase Claypool are both questionable Ben, I think, is going to be fine to play. We'll have to watch for Claypool, but I think he's likely going to play as well for the Steelers. Uh, what are we expecting from the Steelers' offense here in a short week? And we talked a little bit about it yesterday. For three quarters, there was no offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then really Deontay Johnson turned it on in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Minnesota, though then playing a lot of really close games, but those defenses, that defense is not quite lived up to what we thought it was going to be. There is a shot that Pittsburgh can take advantage of that.
2: Yeah. And um, it looks like I just checked. It looks like Pittsburgh just updated the um, injury report and actually pulled Claypool and Roethlisberger off. So Ben's still questionable for other reasons, but both of them should be end up playing. Um, I loved his chemistry with Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson. um, You know, I was on Twitter on Sunday and somebody asked, I don't understand why Deontay Johnson is so much lower than AJ Brown in people's dynasty rankings. And, you know, I think last year it was, he had competition, you know, Juju Smith Schuster, we forget still led them in receptions and yardage and he had issues with drops. He's really cleaned that up. He's on pace for a career year. He's already seen 120 targets. He's only played 11 games because he missed one of their games with injury. He already has 76 receptions, 914 yards, already at six touchdowns. He's become really the go-to big play guy in that passing game, and I love the chemistry that he has with Big Ben. I think they're going to depend on him. Minnesota's defense does not scare me. at all, You know, we saw how much they struggled last week against a team that had much lesser receivers. We like Amon Ross and Brown. We like Josh Reynolds. OK, they do not compare to Deontay Johnson. Now, I think that's going to be a good sign. Najee Harris, they gave him 21 carries last week, and he was running really hard, hitting brick walls with that Baltimore front. Not the same with Minnesota. So I think that formula of riding Harris, using the play action passing and going – uh, to Deontay Johnson, maybe a, a play over the top to Claypool, and then using Pat Fryer move is going to be great for the Steelers.
1: Yeah, I mean Deontay's an absolute stud. I remember—I can't remember. Well, I guess so it wouldn't have been last year; it have been two years ago. I traded for him. I remember we were talked a lot about it that year because I, I was really big on him as as a rookie. Thought he had a, a real chance to break out. You know, I, I've talked a lot about it. I, I hate—I hate giving the Steelers props if I don't have to, but. They do a really good job. That organization does a really good job of identifying wide receivers and developing them. We've seen it throughout their history. Uh, And Deontay looks like the next in a line of great success for them when it comes to drafting wide receivers. Um, And I'm with you on Najee. A lot of people are talking about how he's not been good. It's hard to run behind an offensive line. That's just not there. I think they're still gelling. They're really not that good. And he's still producing for you in fantasy. I'm worried about Friarmouth though. Maybe it's because I've I've just kind of you know, he had a couple of good games there. We talked about, you know, I've had him up in my top twelve at least every single week since then. Hasn't had really good games the past couple of games, and I thought he'd really step up here, especially with Ebron being out completely. I don't think he's coming back the rest of the year. No. Um, are, are, is there any fear for you with Friarmouth that he might continue to just I mean, he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't really been a weak winner for you. I think he's been averaging right around four to six points a week.
2: Yeah, and I think what hurts him is they there haven't been as many goal line opportunities because he was really thriving in the red zone because he's kind of a bigger um, target. They were seemingly targeting him more than somebody like a Johnson or a Claypool. I think if they can get some more red zone opportunities, that will help. Tight end is a tough position. We love Dawson Knox. He was on a hot streak last night. He was a non-factor. Uh, we saw two last, you know, yet Sunday, George Kittle looked like nobody could ever cover him. The week prior, he caught a single pass. So it's it feels like it's more the nature of that position. Um, that being said, Friermuth for me was always probably in that 10 to 15 range. Um You know, we've seen him cool off a little bit. We've seen guys like Hunter Henry, who were hot at times, cool off a little bit. I'm still putting him out there because I like the opportunity. um, And I think he has a better shot at getting a, a, you know, a relevant score than some of the other weapons out there.
1: I hope so. I've got him in in a couple places. That I I mean, I I guess he hasn't been as bad as I thought. He had a touchdown the week prior, which really kind of helped boost him up. I was trying to pull up where he's at in season long. So he's tied in 14. Obviously, he didn't Mm -hmm. start off the the season as a starter. I was trying to think of when the first game was that he really kind of came on. What was that? So week three? And then week six, and then really after the bye, he's been gonna I mean, 12, 18, 9, 12, and six, one bad game. And I guess with the three points against Detroit. That was the tie. So I guess I mean he, it he hasn't, hasn't been, been as I bad mean, as I thought.
2: He's been almost on par with Kyle Pitts, which is interesting because we wow. you know we we had lofty expectations for Pitts, and his situation just hasn't been that that great either. And I mean, tight end in general has been a little bit rough. I was looking at Tyler Conklin, tight end fifteen on the season is ahead of people like Noah Fant. Like I i love Noah Fant's talent, but in that offense, splitting yeah reps at the position with Albert O has not been that great. Cole Comet, you know, either gets you four points or fifteen points and there is no in between. It's it's been a real dicey situation at tight end this year.
1: Yeah, so Fryermouth is two spots behind. It this is insane to me. Oh, hang on, that's standard, my bad. Let me pull a PPR. I don't know how much that'll change things cuz It's insane to me that so he's tied in 13 in PPR. That Kyle Pitts is tied in 9. You mentioned him. I don't want to dive off like too far off, off subjects. We're talking Steelers, Vikings, but we all keep talking about like how Kyle Pitts is not having a great year and he's tight in nine for fantasy with a horrible offense, no offensive line, a bad quarterback like that. It's just, that's still, I think. I feel impressive. like
2: though, the thing with Pitts is overall, his number isn't bad, but it's been real peaks and valleys. Yeah, And I think that's been this, but that feels to me like that's the struggle with tight end in general is you have super high highs. And so, I mean, look at Travis Kelsey, we never questioned his bit last game. I think he had two for 19. Yeah. It's not yeah, what you're looking had... for from Travis Kelsey. When you
1: roll them out. It's crazy to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. The tight end who's been most consistent has been Mark Andrews.
2: Yeah. Because he's essentially the number one target and has a, a significant, um, We'd have to see if it matches up in years past. He's been right around forty percent target share, and mm-hmm. I feel like he's somewhere in that neighborhood right now. Some of these other teams
1: have dynamic weapons or other draws. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm looking at his right now. Outside of week one, where he put up three points, he hasn't gone below six. He's had a really good season. Eight. Oh, I had not even really thirty-nine points in week five against Indianapolis, but. 8, 16, 9, 39, 15, 6.3, 6.9, 15, 11, 14, 7. So, I mean, he's having a really good season. Good for him. He's he's bounced back in a major way from, from what was a down year. But anyways, back onto the See, I, I I do think there's a chance that Fryer can score this week. I think this could be a more offensive game, especially with the fact that the uh, Vikings defense is not that good. I think that we could see some points on both sides here, not just Pittsburgh and, but on the Viking side, speaking of the Viking side, Dalvin cook, questionable, Adam Thielen doubtful. I really don't think Thielen's going to play. I honestly no. don't think Dalvin cook plays, but they do. He have did get
2: a limited practice though. today.
1: So. I think that would just be stupid. I, I mean, well, I guess they're not technically Simon? eliminated, but I just don't. Why? I mean, he could be like, I, I don't want to, I don't know if this is true. I'm not a doctor. I feel like he's like one shoulder injury away from having to retire, like seven shoulder injuries in the past couple of years. Like just, you're not going to make the playoffs. Just let, let it, let him rest. But that's just my opinion. I'm sure he doesn't want to rest, but cook is possible to play. As you just mentioned, Thielen is unlikely. How does this change the Vikings offense?
2: The Vikings are in sort of a precarious position because, as you said, five and seven, they're not totally out of it, but they've definitely dealt themselves a blow. They have this short week game against the Steelers. They get a game with the Bears, and then it's Rams, Packers, and back-to-back weeks, which you don't figure to be looking good for them before they close with the Bears. If they only end up going two and three or, worse yet, one and four in that stretch, there's no way they come back to the playoffs. So I think they're really going to be pressing this game at home. It was a bad beat last week for a lot of reasons, but especially for the point in the season that we are. Um, I don't expect Thielen to play. I'm on the fence about whether I think Cook plays. I think it's possible that they play and then you have a dreaded, uh, some kind of a split between him and Madison, making neither of them very good for fantasy because I honestly, Pittsburgh's defense looked a lot better last week if Watts back in there. I'm not a big fan of Minnesota's offensive line. Um, I'm dropping Cousins a little bit. It's a little early, so I haven't finished all the rankings. I expect Jefferson's probably going to get double cover all the time, especially with Thielen gone. Um, They're going to have to hope to get some good plays from Tyler Conklin, who could be an interesting play at tight end, and then K.J. Osborne, who I actually like, because all the B.C. Johnson went on the COVID list, so they're – ultra thin at receiver. It might be, it's going to be interesting to see who else they end up rotating in there. But Osborne, I think, could be in line for a decent game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Joe Hayden's out, I believe, still for the Steelers. So that that could really help out uh, the Vikings in their passing game. Uh, The one thing I'll say about Jefferson, it's a a very weird stat, but I believe he averages 100 yards when he's playing in a dome. Uh, And they're playing in Minnesota. So I think he could be good. Uh, the one thing that should be interesting for the Vikings if whichever is playing if Cook is in, I, I think you've got a starter even though I would not feel great about it. but if he's not, I think either one of those guys could be really good because as you mentioned that line, the Steelers defensive line can get after the Steelers offense. They might do a lot of screen passes and everything. We know both Madison and Cook can catch the ball, so we might see the running backs get a lot of dump offs. So I'd be curious to see if Tyler Conklin ends up having a good game if if Kirk Cousins is looking to just dump the ball off. But I'm with you on Osborne. I think he's the only thing I'm worried about is I feel like he's such a like obvious play that he's going to end up just like completely crapping the bed and screwing a lot of people in like the final week of the fantasy uh, regular season.
2: Well, and if they think they're going to have to dump off to the back, that might be a reason that you see more Alexander Madison. Because I would think a shoulder injury like that, the worst thing would be turning around and trying to, to come. Um, it looks like also Joe Hayden's been upgraded to questionable.
1: Ah, okay.
2: So well, if he play, if he ends up out, that will help Minnesota. But if he ends up playing, you might you might be right about that. I just I'm hoping. You know, it's just Tuesday. Hopefully tomorrow they'll give some kind of definitive clarity on, although it's the Vikings, some kind of definitive clarity on Cook and Thielen so that you can kind of try to, because if you knew Cook was going to be out, Madison's a decent option because I thought he looked pretty good filling in last week. If they both, if Cook plays, I don't know how good I feel about Cook because of the nature of that injury. And I think it could just end up making the running back position kind of untenable
0: yeah
1: yeah I, I mean obviously i don't have any shares of cook but I, just for people who do i'm hoping that he gets just ruled out or, or hoping they have madison obviously yeah we get some kind of clarification because that's really going to be frustrating for, for both sides but you know like i said i'm with you on on osborne i think you've got to play him deep as a flex play and i mean if he ends up shitting the bed <laughs> It's a very obvious play, in my opinion, this week. I think this has a chance to be a decent Thursday night football game. Uh, With that being said, I'm going to take the Steelers to continue winning, though. I think that they have just Mm -hmm. enough offense to beat the Vikings here.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers, too, which makes me nervous about them now working their way back into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that will do it for us today, uh, Matt, myself, and Dennis. Yeah,
2: you know his status, much like Dalvin Cooks, is up in the air. We we okay. think we're going to see him, but you know,
1: he's he's questionable right now. But we're hoping that he's going to be able to uh, to get it uh, get out there and play on Friday. So he might be with us on Friday, where obviously we will recap the Thursday night football game and preview the rest of the Week 14 slate. Again, the last week of your fantasy football regular season. For most people, I'm actually in a couple leagues where the commissioners forgot to change it, so this is the first week of the playoffs for me and a couple of them, so enjoy. that'll that'll be fun. Uh, so, But anyways, uh, everybody enjoy the next couple days, and Matt, myself, and probably Dennis will be back again on Friday.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came like the room, line. An unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me, guys. Only oh, tackle him at the four-year-old. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can, <laughs> I can. Oh.